Hello and welcome to Mr. President from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. By transcription, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak out and remove all doubt. Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold and written by Gene Holloway. Mr. President, at home in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor, these are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House, dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. This week's Mr. President drama will begin in just a moment. But first, a word about our purpose in presenting this series. To Americans, there are no more stirring stories in the world than the stories of the lives of the men who became presidents of the United States. Their deeds are direction pointers for the American mind, sources of inspiration and courage to young and old alike. People today are more interested than ever to know the intimate, interesting, and inspiring facts about the lives of their presidents the men who became the leaders of their country. The American Broadcasting Company takes listeners behind the White House reception rooms and ballrooms, glittering with gold braid and famous personalities, into the privacy of the breakfast room and study, where presidents are shown as individuals with human doubts, laughter, love, and faith. Listen now and see if you can name the president upon whom this episode is based. Here's a story that happened in Washington a few years ago. Listen closely and see if you can tell who the president was. It was a wartime summer, and anxious hearts turned towards Washington for reassurance. The president spent a good deal of his time in the telegraph office. It kept him in closer touch with the pulse of the nation, and he was liable to appear at any hour of the day or night carrying a pile of paper and some pencils. Good morning, Mr. President. You're up early. Yes, well, I couldn't sleep. I had some work to do, and it was hot. Anything new on the wires? No, nope, not so far. Then I thought I'd sit in here and do some writing. Mm. I won't bother you, will I, Bill? No, 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 sir. You just make yourself at home, Mr. President. I'll spread out on this desk here. Oh, here you are. You're early. Mm, so are you. Well, I had a hunch you might be over here and need me. You're a good boy, Arthur. You should be sleeping. I can't agree with you. As your secretary, I should be right where I am. Well, I have some papers here. Uh, you haven't seen Mr. Stanton around any place, have you? No, sir. You know, I can very readily see why people are afraid of Stanton. Sometimes he even frightens me. Have, um... Have you been signing pardons again this morning, Mr. President? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that expression in his face. Like a kid that's been in a cookie jar behind his mother's back. <laughs> well, I'm caught dead to rights. 
Well, there's a stack of pardons, Arthur. Thank stack? Yes, I pardoned everyone today. I'm in trouble with Stanton whether I pardon one or a hundred, so I figured I might as well be killed for a sheep as a lamb. Besides, what am I going to have these boys executed for? For going to sleep on duty? I just did that myself. For talking back to an officer? Well, every once in a while, a man just has to talk back if he's got any spirit at all. Good morning, Mr. President. Oh, Mr. Stanton, come in, come in. Shall I um, post those letters you gave me last night, Mr. President? Oh, oh, yes, Arthur, and uh, I'll have some more to give you in a few moments. Yes, sir. I'll be in your office if you need me, sir. Uh, Thank you, Arthur. Mr. President, may I have a few moments of your time? Of course. Come along. We'll go into your office. Mr. Stanton, I've been going over the pleas for clemency. I've made notes on all of them. I have them right here. Very well, Mr. President. May I look them over? Yes, of course, of course. You're the Secretary of War. I haven't much choice. It's a beautiful morning, isn't it, Stanton? A man can't help but think how good it is to be alive on a morning like this. Mr. President, these are all pardons. Yes, all pardons. But, sir, these men have all been sentenced by order of the court-martial. Are there not enough dying on the battlefields, then? How many are dying on the battlefields is completely beside the point, Mr. President. These men are incompetent, dangerous, treacherous. A boy who fell asleep, a man who lost his temper, a lad who became frightened in the height of battle. Don't think of them as statistics, Stanton. Think of them as human beings. Man is human and therefore subject to human frailty. The army cannot be run on sentiment, Mr. President. Why not, Mr. Stanton? We have asked them to fight for sentiment. We have taken boys from farms, from schools, from jobs, and we've said to them, here is a word, and you must fight to the death for it. And the word is liberty. We have said you must fight for freedom so that in time to come all men may live together as equal in the sight of each other as they are in the sight of God. Mr. President, we're not discussing what a man fights for, but what the punishment is if he fails as a soldier. This is not a nation of soldiers, Mr. Stanton. We have trained our sons in gentler, kinder ways. But an army must be well-disciplined or its troops will march to suicide, not victory. If a man doesn't respect and obey the orders of his army, the army has no jurisdiction over him whatsoever. Well, I can't deny that, Stanton. A war is going on. You'll make a laughingstock of the officers of the army as well as the war department. The soldiers will do anything they take it into their heads to do. As long as they're assured of pardon from the chief executive. Now, that may sound hard to you. It may sound cruel. But war is hard and cruel, and we might as well face the fact and buckle down to it and get it over with as quickly as possible. Well, I agree with that, Mr. Secretary. And either let the army officers under war department run the war or send them home and get a new staff. But please, please don't go on making us look ridiculous by these wholesale pardons of yours. All right, Mr. Secretary, I can see your point, of course. I'll try not to interfere as much in the future. Now, about these pardons on your desk... Well, uh, I've already signed those, so we'll we'll just let those go through, hmm? Very well, Mr. President. Tell me, what time is it? It must be lunchtime. You know I'm hungry. 
How about you, Mr. Stanton? I am not hungry, Mr. President, and I have a great many reports to go over. Well, I'll go along home and have some lunch and come back. I was over here pretty early this morning. And please don't promise anyone to pardon their husband or their brother or their son while you're on your way home or back. Yes, Mr. Secretary. After all, I think the War Department can always be depended upon to consider the justice of any case. If a boy merits another chance, we'll see that he has it. In this world or the next, Stanton? Mr. President. Good morning, Mr. Secretary. I'll see you after lunch. <laughs> Come on, Arthur. Well, I got those pardons through anyhow. I may not get any more through for a while, but I saved a few skins this morning. Come along and have lunch with me, Arthur. I'm starved. We'll get to those reports right after lunch. Yes, Mr. President. Well, I must say I feel better. The inner president has been sustained. <laughs> it's cooler today than usual. Yes, but no one should have to work this time of year. You know, I wish I could send everybody home... I wish I could say to all the soldiers, go lie in the tall grasses of Kentucky and watch the sky and sleep the afternoon away. Or get yourself a boat and paddle down the Sangamon this afternoon and breathe the beauty of this country deep inside you. Or go walk along the ocean and let the spray sting your cheeks and the waves whisper to you of the future of America. I'd like so much to bring the people happiness, Arthur. But so far, all I've brought them is grief and bloodshed and fear of the morrow. Oh, I'd like people to say of my administration, I lived during his term, and I liked him well. Not my son died while he was in office. My husband died Mr. while... Mr. President, here's the War Department. Yes, here it is. But I must see Mr. Stanton. I'll wait until he can. If I know Stanton, she'll have a long wait. See who the woman is, Arthur, and why she is here. I'll be in Stanton's office. Yes, sir. Madam, may I ask who you're waiting to see? Well, I was told not to speak to anyone but Mr. Stanton. Well, that's all right. I'm one of the president's stenographers. If you wouldn't mind telling me the nature of your business, perhaps I can help you. It's my son. My son's to be shot today by sentence of the court-martial. He's at Fort DeRussi waiting execution. Oh, I must see Mr. Stanton. What was the charge? Bounty jumping. Oh, I see. A deserter. No, my boy's not a deserter. He's been in active duty for over two long years. He's risked his life over and over. He's a good boy. I'm sure if I can only see Mr. Stanton, he'll understand. Yeah, now, madam, you mustn't lose control of yourself. You sit here and I'll see what I can do. Bless you. God bless you. Last you, come in. Oh, it's you, Arthur. Come in, come in. What do you mean, coming in here and interrupting an important... I asked him to come in, Stanton. Did you get the information, Arthur? Oh, Mr. Stanton, as you love God, give me the life of my son. Madam, how dare you interrupt me? Are you, Mr. Stanton? I am indeed. They told me you were a kind man. They told you wrong. 
I'm a just man, and I'm a busy man. And now, if you will kindly excuse yourself... No, Mr. Stanton, I've been going now for days and nights, from officer to official. I've waited by the hour, but now there's no time left for waiting. You have to hear me now. You have to hear me now, or it'll be too late. My son's to be executed today. Do you hear me? My son's to be executed today. If he's to be executed, there must be a good reason for it, madam. He's been wounded twice in his country's service. Are those the kind of men you execute as deserters and traitors? My son's no bounty jumper. Your name? <gasps> Mrs. Buckley. Oh, yes. Private James Buckley of the 7th Vermont. Madam, I'm sorry for you, but I'm familiar with your son's case and there is nothing that can be done. Now, I'm sorry, but I cannot possibly give you any more time. Don't be in such a hurry, Stanton. Listen to any woman speaking for her son's life. Madam, you say your son's fought for his country for nearly three years? It's strange he should be a deserter now. Why, sir? Why, you're, you're the president, aren't you, sir? Yes, Mrs. Buckley. Now, please tell me about your son. Mr. President. Please, Stanton. Let us listen. God has sent you here, Mr. President, to hear my prayer. I'm a widow. I've given seven sons to death for their country. This is the eighth. The last. Young. Seven sons. Stanton, do you hear? Seven sons. Mr. President, we have a great deal to do today. This case has already been decided. I can't take the time for every woman with a story like this. I can. This woman has already given up far more than either you or I can ever give for our country. Very well, Mr. President. Excuse me for a moment. I have an important dispatch to send. I'll be in my office, Mr. President. Very well, Arthur. Tell me what your son did to bring about his charge, Mrs. Buckley. Two months ago, he was home on leave. And while he was there, he met a girl. It's because of her. That fool girl, I, I warned her not to come, but when young people are in love, it's hard to get them to listen to their elders. Anyhow, she came down, and they wouldn't give him leave, and so he... He deserted? No, no, he was going back and fight again. He just wanted to kiss that fool girl to look into her eyes to see her smile once more. Oh, please, please listen to me, Mr. President. Seven sons dead already. Must I now lose the eighth because he wanted to kiss the girl he loved? Listen to this lady, Stanton, and see if you can't find some merit in her appeal for her son's life. Mr. President, as Secretary of War, I consider it essential to the preservation of this country that no convicted deserter shall have his sentence commuted. Mr. Stanton, a few days ago, my son fought at Fort Stevens to protect you in the capital. He was wounded there. The scars aren't even healed yet. Madam, I assure you, you have my deepest sympathy, but I must also ask that you appreciate my position when I tell you there is nothing I can do. Mr. President, you have sons of your own. I beg of you, listen to me. Mrs. Buckley, I do not wish to interfere, if possible. Recite your case to Mr. Stanton, and then tell me what he says. Stanton, listen to this woman's story. Oh. And then come to me and we will discuss it. Very well, Mr. President. All right, Mrs. Buckley, give me the facts as quickly and briefly as possible. Did you hear that woman's story, Arthur? Well, I heard part of it, sir. 
Mr. President, I... Sir, I, I don't wish to step out of line, but... Are you thinking of pardoning that young man? I'm thinking about it very seriously indeed, but I'm hoping that Mr. Stanton will do it himself. Well, sir, if you do have any intention of pardoning the man, you have no time to lose. What do you mean? I mean that unless you act at once, the sentence will be carried out before any pardon can reach the boy. While you were talking to Mrs. Buckley, Mr. Stanton came out and gave a note to an orderly. I heard him tell the orderly to go immediately to Fort DeRussi, which is where the prisoner is being held. He sent an orderly to the fort while I was talking to the woman? Yes, sir. Well, I'll be hanged. I really will be hanged. Come on, Arthur. We'll go to the telegraph office. Yes, sir. Bill, do we have a wire to Fort Rousey? Oh, sure, sure, Mr. Then get the fort on the wire at once. Well, uh, the wire is in use at the president, sir. Very important orders with regard to the movement to the Sixth Corps. Hold the dispatch. Yes, Mr. President. Oh, hold that message, Charlie. The president wants the wire. Now then, kindly send this through immediately. Telegraph to the provost marshal, having in charge uh, Private James Buckley of the 7th of Vermont, sentenced to execution today. Direct him to bring immediately to the War Department his prisoner. Order him under the personal commands of the President of the United States to disregard all other orders whatsoever as regards the disposition of this prisoner. And ask for the Provost Marshal's personal acknowledgement by telegraph of the receipt of this order. That's the message. Send it at once. And I'm going to wait right here until I receive the answer I've requested to this dispatch. just a moment, we'll come back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. The National Safety Council reports that highway accidents are being reduced and lives being saved, but they are still a national problem. The major causes of traffic casualties are speed, drink, and carelessness. Driving too fast for road conditions is one of the most common causes of traffic accidents. Next to speed, driving on the wrong side of the road was reported as the most frequent driver violation of common sense and safety laws. And one-fourth of the fatal accidents involve a driver or pedestrian who has been drinking. Take the responsibility on yourself and urge safety precautions in your community. Never drive on the wrong side of the road. Be alert and careful every moment you're behind the wheel. You can encourage driver training in your own high school. Remember, accidents don't always happen to the other fellow. The life you save may be your own. Now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. Have you guessed who the president was when all this happened? It really did happen, you know, in Washington just a few years ago. So listen closely. The president waited in the office until the telegraph personal acknowledgement came back from the captain of the provost guard that he had received the orders and would bring the prisoner to the war department immediately. Satisfied then, the president returned to the office of the secretary of war. Oh, Mr. President... You are my only hope. Please, please help me. It's useless to talk further to Mr. Stanton. Easy now, Mrs. Buckley. Don't give way. <laughs> You're putting up a brave fight. I'm sure that Mr. Stanton has decided to at least postpone the execution of your son until he can make further investigation. 
Isn't that right, Stanton? On the contrary, Mr. President, since I have your own word that such matters are to be left in my hands, I have already taken steps to make further discussion only a waste of time. You've already taken steps? Discussion is never useless as long as a man is alive, Stanton. Alive? Then you intend to pardon my son, Mr. President. You do intend to pardon my boy, don't you, Mr. President? If what you have said to me is substantially true, I certainly do, Mrs. Buckley. May God forever bless you. Now then, tell me the details of your story again. I want to be sure that Mr. Stanton hears them. I've already heard them. Then listen again. Mr. President, may I remind you that we have a war to conduct? This matter should have been closed long ago. It's easy to take a man's life, Stanton, easy. To save a man's life is much more difficult and much more worthwhile. It is worth a good deal more time and thought than you have given it. Yes, what is it? Mr. President, there's a young lady here, a Miss Janet Miller. Janet? Oh, is there no end to this? Ask the young lady to come in, Arthur. Yes, sir. Will you please go in? Thank you. Good day, Mr. President. Hello, Mrs. Buckley. Hello, Janet. Is this the young lady this who... This is the girl. Well, I'm sure if I was a soldier and had a girl like you, I'd run away for a few hours myself. Mr. President... And so would you, Stanton. It's all my fault, Mr. President... I was afraid something would happen to him, and I thought, if it does, I want to at least be his wife. So I came down. I didn't know that he was refused leave. He, he just came in long enough for us... for us to get married. Married? Yes, and... Oh, he didn't mean to do anything wrong, Mr. President. He was going right back. And if anybody's going to be executed, it ought to be me, because I'm the one that got him into this. Isn't it sad, Stanton, that in this world today we can't give our young people a little time to spend together? Isn't it sad that ours have to be stolen and that such a high price is put upon them? A man spends a few moments with the girl he loves and dies for it. Too many have died. Too many. Stanton. The War Department has made its decision, Mr. President. This man is a bounty jumper and a deserter, regardless of what these women may say about him. No! My son is no sneaking bounty jumper, Mr. Stanton. He gave me his word of honor as a man that he'd not intended to desert. I can only go on facts, Mrs. Buckley. Now what? Come in. Mr. President, the Provo Marshal from Port de Lucie is here with the prisoner. The... the what? Have the Provo Marshal enter. I have the president's personal orders by telegraph to present before him in the office of the Secretary of War the prisoner condemned to execution today, Private James Buckley of the 7th Vermont. Jim, he... Yes, dear. Bring the prisoner in. Mr. President, this is beyond all human endurance. Come in, Private Buckley. Mother. Jimmy. Oh, my son, my son. Janet. What are you doing here? I, I came to see the president. The president? How do you do, Private Buckley? How, how do you do, Mr. President? This is... Uh... Oh, he's fainted. It's his wound, Mr. President. Please forgive it. It's his wound. Here, give him some water. Uh, Here, Provo. Help me get him in the chair. Uh, Sorry, sir. Look at the bandages on his arm. There's proof he risked his life for his country. Oh, Mr. President, you brought him back to us. You wouldn't take him from us now to murder him. No, Mrs. Buckley, I would not. 
I'm sorry, Mr. Stanton. I'm afraid I'm going to have to go back on my promise to the War Department just one more time. May I use your desk? Of course, Mr. President. Here you are, Mrs. Butler. Here is the free pardon of your son. God bless you. God bless you and keep you, Mr. President. Oh, thank you, Mr. President. Young man, you are sentenced to death by court-martial acts as a discharge from the Army of the United States. My pardon has made it an honorable discharge. So go home with your mother and this lovely girl who have fought so bravely for you. Thank you, Mr. President. Not only for this moment now, but for all the years you've just given back to me. Goodbye and bless you all. Oh, Provost Marshal, I should like you to remain for a moment if you don't mind. Yes, sir. Here, darling, put your arm around me. I'll help you walk. Bye, Mr. President. Goodbye, my son. Provost Marshal, did you receive the commands I sent by orderly? Yes, sir. But before they reached me, I received a direct telegram verified by the telegraph clerk of this department instructing me that the execution was to be stayed and that I was to report with the prisoner here personally to the President of the United States. <laughs> Stanton, that's where I had to jump on you. You sent a messenger on horseback. I sent mine by electricity. I sent mine later, but it got there first. <laughs> uh, Provost Marshal, do you have the dispatch sent you by Secretary Stanton? Yes, Mr. President. Let me have it, please. Thank you, sir. I think, Mr. Stanton, that we will burn unopened this dispatch you sent to the Provost Marshal. Mr. President, this action of yours will produce a thousand deserters before the end of the week. I'm not sure I care if it does, Mr. Secretary. It has made two less broken hearts in this country. I wish I could send all my boys home to their mothers and to the girls that love them. It's a grand country to be alive in, Stanton. Never forget that. It's a grand country to be alive in. Well, you've probably figured out by now who the president was when all that happened. It really did happen, you know, and you'll have the answer in just a moment. A person-to-person -person expression of international goodwill. That's the way many prominent people, including President Truman and General Eisenhower, have described CARE, the agency that sends needed food packages overseas. CARE offers food and clothing packages which provide more per dollar than individuals can send any other way. Each food package is designed to supplement the rations of a family of four for one month. Sending a package overseas through CARE is one of the surest ways to help people in Europe who still suffer from lack of food and proper clothing. If you'd like to order a care package, just send $10 to Care New York, give your name and address, and specify to whom you're sending the package. On delivery, you'll receive a signed receipt. Now, back to Edward Arnold. We didn't get much paperwork done today, did we, Arthur? No, sir. But we certainly worked hard. 
You know, there's few things in the world I enjoy as much as getting ahead of Stanton. <laughs> He's a good Secretary of War, though. You have to have men like him. Yes, sir. I suppose you do, sir. But the look in those people's eyes today, that's something to live for and to remember. That's a good boy. You only had to look at him to see that. Mr. President, Mr. President. Well, well, Miss Janet. Mr. President, I just wanted to say that we'll remember you all our lives for what you did for us today. And I wanted to say that, that we'll love you all the rest of our lives, Mr. Lincoln. Be with us again next week, won't you, for another interesting story that happened in Washington a few years ago to Mr. President. Until then, goodbye. program is produced and directed by Joe Graham. Edward Arnold can currently be seen in the MGM picture, Annie Get Your Gun. Heard with Mr. Arnold in today's cast were Betty Kane, Marilyn Erskine, Lon Clark, Ian Martin, and your narrator, Eric Dressler. Mr. President was created by Robert G. Jennings. Today's story was based on incidents in the life of President Abraham Lincoln. Be sure to listen again next week when the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Edward Arnold with another interesting and factual story of Mr. President. The proceeding was transcribed. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.